As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, Wednesday edition. We got a special guest. So, Nicole Auerbach got her own show. And, and she's pretty cool and, and maybe a little too cool for us now. We'll see if I get invited to, to go on that show, The Power Hour. But that means that we've got a rotating cast of special guests from all over the college sports world. And I'm very excited today to talk to somebody I've known for a long time, Casey Smith from Barstool Sports. Casey, we met when you were working for Tex Ags down in College Station. You are an Aggie. I and I figured I had to have you on because... This is this is a very like existential crisis time for Aggies right now because you got stomped by Alabama, but nine and one looks like a real possibility. It's crazy. I mean, Andy, first of all, like when you and I met, we bonded immediately over Fuego Tacos. That was that's like my first memory of talking to you. I, I just like and I'll always hold that very special to my heart because anybody that can appreciate good tacos in College Station, you're my type of people at 3 a.m. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, people ask me all the time, like, where should I go in College Station? I haven't lived there in years, but I will always say Fuego first and foremost, always. You can go at any time and it's delicious. Well, I, I see. I think there should be a federal law that anytime you have a state university with over, over 10,000 students, there should be a Fuego across the street. So for those who don't know, Fuego is a 24-7, 365 taco place that has Every manner of taco you could want. The Dr. Pepper Cowboy with the brisket is one of my favorites. Uh, they used to have like all this rotisserie chicken as well if you wanted to go a little healthier, but you shouldn't. And no. it's, it's just amazing because college students should have access to tacos at 4 a.m. whenever they want. And I just feel like if I ever ran for president, that is the largest, widest plank of my platform. Uh, we're saying this as we're recording on election day. We have no idea who won. If you're listening to this, I don't know if you know who won. Uh, we're not going to worry about that. This yeah. is your escape. We're talking like football. That. Yeah, we're talking football and tacos. And I love that. I mean, if you do run for president on the Fuego ballot, I'm totally in because my favorite thing about Fuego is not only can you eat it 24 hours a day, it's equally as good when you're sober. And I feel like a lot of those 24-hour college places, like it's really good after the bars, but then you try to eat it at like noon and it stinks. Not Fuego. It is always delicious. Yes. Graduates at the University of Florida all remember the first time they ate five-star pizza sober and thought, 
wait, what? What, what was this? I doing? <laughs> so but yeah, that's how we bonded. That's 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 the well, best. And, and also, you you introduced me to the pickle juice and vodka shot, which is not the pickleback. The pickleback is you take a shot of vodka and then you take a shot of pickle juice. This is vodka and pickle juice mixed as a shooter. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. Shout out the tap in College Station. Uh, I call it the nectar of the gods shot because I, I mean, first of all, pickles are my favorite thing to eat, but then you mix, when you mix them together, like you said, it's not a back. You cannot taste the vodka at all, which is a problem the next day, but in the moment it's fantastic. Well, that's what I remember. You, you, you bought a bunch for all of us and I'm, I'm looking, I'm kind of giving it the side. I am like, I don't know about this. And you're like, no, 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 you're, you're going to like it. And so I take one. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be in so much trouble tomorrow morning. Post. Toast. Like, you know, when you walk into the tap, you are not leaving in the same state, but it just tastes so amazing that and now my problem is it's like, I want to make them at home all the time. Like living in Manhattan, people are like, we don't want picklebacks. I'm like, no, 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 not a pickleback. It's a pickle shot. You have to get it right. That's exactly right. And and I tell people and that that's exactly what they say. And like, no, you just, just ask Casey. Casey can explain it better than I can. Yes. And it has to be sour pickle juice too. That's the mistake a lot of people make. You can't be going with like bread and butter. <laughs> no bread and butter. Oh my God. You would barf so much. Oh bread my and God. Can't, you can't be hearing any of that. You got to have sour dill pickle juice. In the tap, Andy, I don't even know if I've told you this. They sell so many of them, or at least when I was there, they did, that they give away like 50 cent fried pickle baskets because they of have course. so many pickles because they use so much of the juice. Back stock of pickles. I yeah. love it. So K- Casey hosts the Unnecessary Roughness podcast with Brandon Walker and the Barstool College Sports Show with with uh, Big Cat, who I've gone on PMT with, and uh, Dave Portnoy, who, who founded Barstool Sports, and and also Brandon on that. Brandon, Brandon is your co-host, and you guys have a, a special relationship as two SEC West grads only can. He's a Mississippi State guy, and I was cracking up listening to this week's episode because you guys were talking Sunday about the bar and about what expectations are and should be for for different programs, and you were using kind of your own experiences, and he's getting on you because the bar at Texas A&M is a national title. And he asked you, why is that? You, you guys haven't won one. And you're like, because we paid a coach $75 million. It's insane. And I told you this before we started recording. Like We have this argument on and off air constantly. And it really started in the off season because he's been very high on A&M. And before the COVID schedules, you know, he was like, this is a really good path for you guys, which I agreed with. But then after A&M got shellacked by Alabama, I'm sitting back as an Aggie grad being like, we haven't gotten anywhere near closing the gap yet. And that's why they hired Jimbo Fisher. And now Brandon is claiming that I'm a bandwagon fan because I'm back on the A&M may go nine and one things like, no, 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 Brandon, you don't get it. We're not Mississippi state. We have a way different bar than you do. And he just can't get it through his head, Andy. He just can't understand. No, what and, is. Well, and, and it's interesting. So I grew up a South Carolina fan. So the bar, when I was growing, I would, I attended South Carolina's first bowl victory. Like they had played football for 106 years before they won a bowl game. Crazy. And it was and it was the CarQuest Bowl against West Virginia. It wasn't like a big one. Naturally. And and so then I go to Florida and when I get to Florida in 1996, the like the bare minimum for success at that point is an SEC title because Steve right. Spurrier had set the bar so high. So and after the and after that first national title in 96, then it was just the national title or bust and people who went to these places or know somebody. So like my mom went to Alabama and she was one of the reasonable Alabama fans. 
but she expected national titles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. Auburn fans expect national titles. LSU fans expect national titles. Ohio State fans expect national titles. Oklahoma fans expect national titles. And for fans of other programs, they can't wrap their heads around, like, your season's a failure if you didn't win it. Right. It's so, and that's the, that's where Brandon does have a point because AM hasn't won one and they've only won one, by the way, they haven't won since the thirties. And I know on the side of Kyle field, it says there's more than one. Get out of here with that. AM has won one national title and it was a billion years ago. But so I understand the confusion because all those programs you just mentioned, AM is not those caliber because they've not won since the, but 30s. they have all the same stuff as those programs and have, ungodly amounts of money. And so my, my whole thing with it is like, if you go out and you pay a coach who's already won a national title at Florida state, $75 million, you then also put a $450 million renovation into your stadium that holds 105,000 people, the facilities. I mean, Andy, you've seen them. They're insane. It looks like a Vegas nightclub in that locker room. And to know that that's why you got that's Jimbo Fisher. basically what Jimbo Fisher said when he got the job, by the way. It, it's crazy. Like the, the hot tubs and the cold tubs, it literally looks like the inside of like the nicest hotel in Vegas. And it's unbelievable. And why is that? Because A&M has so much money pouring into it. And a lot of people don't realize like the Kyle Field renovation, for example, none of that was state funded. None of that came from tuition. That all came from people donating money because they want to see A&M win something. So yeah, the expectations are going to oh, be high. I, I know how much money they have because I, I remember hearing the stories of when Kevin Sumlin had started to falter there but still had $20 million left on his deal. Somebody got up and volunteered to write the check. That, that's been, the kind of money been, you're dealing with. It's crazy. Like, and I don't know the exact numbers, but I remember the first year because you know Kyle Field went through like the two different year renovation, but like the year that they had the founder suites. So obviously there's 12 of them because you know home of the 12th man. From what I remember being told, like the first year you had to donate like $25 million to get one of those things. And they sold out in like the first day. That is in an insane amount of money. So no offense to Mississippi State, no offense to Brandon Walker. It's just a different level of wealth being poured into A&M than it is Mississippi State, which comes with higher expectations. Well, so you, but you've lived this. You, oh, you lived through... 2011, where they blew every lead they had. Uh, 2012, where they, they might have ended the season playing better than anyone, but unfortunately they had the losses to Florida and LSU and, and couldn't do anything about it. And then all the years where they would start 5 or 6-0 and oh and then just fall off the table. But now you're in a situation where your, your expectations were diminished by the loss to Alabama, but then every week they seem to get better. And I, let, me, let me throw this out there. The, oh the MVPs for your Aggies this year – Dan Moore, Kenyon Green, Ryan McCollum, Jared Hawker, Carson Green. That offensive line playing better, I feel like, is the key to everything. Absolutely. And the, whatever happened in the locker room at halftime of the Florida game, and that's kind of where you saw Kellen Mond kind of start to turn it on, and you look at what happened with that offensive line, they're giving him more time to make these decisions. And I'll be honest, like I, I have not been a huge Kellen Mond person. I think he's a good quarterback. I've never looked at him and said, he's going to lead us to a title. He's going to take AM to a national championship, but the way that they've been playing the last few weeks, and then you see what's coming up on the schedule. And as of right now, the only ranked team they have left is Auburn, who I think is at 24. That's insane to look at. And, yeah, like, and you don't know if you're going to get the Auburn that played LSU or the Auburn that played South Carolina, or if there's any difference 
Right. I mean, Bo, Bo Nix, like the legend of Bo Nix. I don't know what happened with that. I, I, you know, you listen to Unnecessary Roughness, you know, we mock that all the time, but it, it's interesting because I feel like when you, when you're in the SEC West, you know, it's, you're going to have to go against Alabama every single year until Nick Saban hangs it up, which he probably never will. He'll be there for the rest of time. So the expectation that you could be, he's drinking from the Lazarus pit. He's oh just, yeah. He's, he's got Ra's the, Al Ghul. He, he will, he will never go away. And I, I, it's like the Tom Brady thing. Like, I don't know when these guys are ever going to actually hang it up, but I wouldn't be surprised if it never happens, but it's like, yeah, you're competing in one of the toughest divisions in college football, but then you see the way that that AM Alabama game went. And my first reaction is the gap just isn't closed yet. And you, that's, that's where my frustration is. It's like, yeah, I'm not expecting you to just waltz in and Jimbo's third year and be contending for an sec title right away over Alabama, but the games aren't even close. So then when you look at that, it's like, well, yeah, sure. They're competing well in the division outside of the fact that they just get shellacked by the Crimson Tide. Then, but then but then something similar happens to Georgia and you're like, hmm, OK, yeah. maybe it's, maybe this was not that bad. I, You know, I and I it's an overused term and Brandon hates me when I say it, but it's the battered Aggie syndrome, Andy. I just can't I can't ever expect nice things. And that's because I grew I mean, my, my dad went to A&M. I was at Kyle field in the womb with my mom. I went to every home game growing up. I had no option. I was going to be a Texas A&M Aggie. And it's just the last time they won anything of note was 1998 with the big 12 championship. And Johnny's year was phenomenal. That's the year you and I met. But when you write the history books of college football, you'll remember Johnny Manziel winning the Heisman. We didn't even make a BCS bowl game that year. So it's like, as a team, that they're not memorable. You remember the Heisman Trophy winners. So it's like, well, why can I have these expectations when they haven't won anything my entire life? Well, it's because, like you mentioned, you go to get Jimbo Fisher and $75 million and you expect these things. Well, that's what the, the old school Florida people will tell you the same thing because they lived that for for 80 something years. And it wasn't until Steve Spurrier got there that they they ever experienced real success. I mean, they didn't they finished first in the SEC in 84 the NCAA immediately stripped that from them. And yeah. then, so they didn't have one that counted until 1991. Oh. And so, I'll take it. I would take that. I would take a strip. Exactly. One exactly. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing. So, but, but there's a lot of suffering sometimes before you get to that. And then once, once you do get to it, once the dam breaks, then it changes. But I think you're right. I think as long as Saban's at Alabama, there will be a year for LSU and a year for A&M and a year for Auburn every once in a while. But the problem is Alabama is always going to be there. And Nick Saban is just going to live for the rest of time. And, you know, when you look at the way that Jimbo was hired as one of the only coaches, you know, active coaches that had won a national title. And then, and I know that this is something that I, I mock all the time, and I'm sorry for Aggie fans that were, that liked this move, but giving Jimbo Fisher a fake national title trophy in his <laughs> press conference with Question like mark? multiple, I think it was two, Andy. I think that they expect two from him. And I, I immediately look at like, this is why, it's so ridiculous. Like that, I don't know if that's ever happened anywhere else. It's like you guys know that AM is in the SEC West. I mean, and you know it, it happened. It happened at Georgia when Kirby got hired. Oh, it did. They just they didn't they didn't give him a trophy or anything, but it was it was heavily implied. But, but you, see the trophy you are here to win national titles. <laughs> yes. And I and I understand that completely, but actually physically giving him a replica <laughs> national title trophy, I remember seeing that and like wanting to crawl in my sweatshirt, like, no, this is we haven't won anything since 1939, folks. We can't be doing this. They're just going to make fun of us more now. Right. Like I said, I people tweet at me all the time like, oh, a and claiming fake national titles. I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't like that either. I don't like when any school does that. Like, Just because Alabama's done it doesn't mean I don't think it's stupid A&M's done it. 
but I love A&M so much. And this is why college football is just so different than anything else. Is it's like, I'm going to ride this roller coaster. I've every single year, I'm going to have the emotions attached. You know, when I was working at ESPN, I couldn't say we or I, when I was talking about A&M, I'm slowly breaking that. I was like, no, I am Texas A&M and Texas A&M is me. And I'm going to cry at the end of the year, every single year. But guess what? I'll be back next year, baby. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm in Gainesville. Everybody here is bracing for the game in Jacksonville on Saturday because this is it's the first time since Dan Mullen's been at Florida that they feel like they really do have a chance against Georgia. And the thing is, if they lose, they will be crushed. And if Georgia loses, they'll be crushed because they'll be like, oh, wait, oh, no. Does this mean Florida's passing us? What does this mean in the the grand scheme? That the, the angst is what makes this the best. Yeah, and the hatred along with the angst. I mean, I've been to the Florida-Georgia game multiple times, and they absolutely hate each other, and that's what makes these rivalries so much fun. But you look at the SEC East right now, you're absolutely right. I mean, if Florida does win, then it's just like, oh, my God, like let's just send Alabama immediately to the college football playoff. But if Georgia wins, it's like, well, what's that SEC championship going to look like after they got shellacked by Alabama already? So it's just – it all comes down to, Andy, and we've said it a million times, it comes down to – you know, who's going to top Alabama until Nick Saban is gone. But the SEC East is so much more interesting this year than it has been in years past, I think. Thank goodness for that, because it it was so down and and so ugly. That, like the two Florida SEC East titles under Jim McMahon, I don't even think they count those. Like yeah. uh, the it's fan base doesn't count them because they couldn't score on Florida State those years. And then they got crushed by Alabama. Yeah, exactly. Like, and again, just playing, you know, you, you look at Ohio State in the Big Ten, like that's going to happen, I think, this year for them. And, you know, in the ACC, Clemson, as long as Trevor comes back. I mean, it, right now, it's like you look at these teams, there's just so very clearly three programs that are by far the best in the country. And everybody else seems to be just, just be playing to, I don't know, maybe close the gap a little bit more every year. A little bit. It's funny you mentioned if Trevor comes back. I think DJ Uyunglele with a full week of practice is going to torch Notre Dame. I, I really I do. Because th- let's think about the circumstances of last week. So Trevor tests positive on a Wednesday night. And, and you know how college football weeks work. Like you do, you, you do your film study and stuff on Sunday or Monday and, and kind of a light practice. Heavy hitting Tuesday, back off a little bit Wednesday, but still more game planning, more playing against the scout team, seeing what the other guys can do. Wednesday night, the hay's pretty much in the barn. So right. he wasn't prepared all week to start. He just got thrown into that. This time, he's going to have the entire week to prepare. And <laughs> I like what your co-host said about, about the Clemson quarterbacks. Is the next guy going to be 15 feet tall and made of brick? Like, they do they do keep getting bigger and nastier as they go. It's, it's insane. I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's Clemson. But you're right. I mean, here the thing with, with the game against Boston College was it wasn't because Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing, which is why it was close. The defense Defense gave up some plays in the first half. Right. Exactly. So you're definitely right. I mean, first of all, like I have a bet with Brandon, although he won't make personal bets with me anymore, 
but it's a pride bet because I think Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame. And I hate, as soon as I saw that Trevor Lawrence was out, I immediately texted him and just said, you know, it's not going to count. He said, oh baby, yes it does in 2020. So I hope you're <laughs> so, right that they so beat this Notre is, Dame. This is just for pride. There are no stakes on this one. Well, he's hung it up. He He's being a, a baby about it. He said he's no longer making personal bets at Barstool. This is after the Mississippi State, uh, Texas A&M incident? Yes. Tell, so, tell the listeners what happened there. Okay. So this is a, a I think the Wednesday after the A&M Mississippi State game is Brandon Walker's full moon because last year he shoved a coworker in the office wearing an A&M Yell Leaders costume because he lost a bet. This year... Dan and Dave on the college football show said whoever lost, and it wasn't even just straight up. It was whoever lost against the Dave Portnoy line, which was a minus seven. They had to drive back from Starkville to New York city, which is like a 17, 18 hour drive. And Brandon lost that because a covered. And then he immediately came into the office and he and I got in this huge blowout screaming fight because he locked me out of my own podcast room. So Brandon can't handle the heat of personal bets and they always come back to bite him. So he's hanging it up. He said he's only going to lose money from now on, not his pride. We do a little gambling on this show on Fridays. Ari Wasserman, who's our recruiting writer and also our degenerate, you know, local degenerate gambler. He... (laughs) He's he's smarter about this stuff than I am. I get emotional, and our listeners know that that I I thought Pitt might be legit, and so I picked Pitt against NC State, and and he didn't even make me worry about the spread. This was straight up because Ari knew what was going to happen. NC State beats Pitt, and I had to eat mayonnaise. My body can't handle like it works to defend itself when it feels mayonnaise near, and really? so That's it was not I a love mayonnaise. Big mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah. Not a pretty sound. So the next week we had another bet. I don't even remember what, what, what the stake, what we bet on. Oh, I know what it was. It was the, it was the over in uh, Arkansas Ole Miss. I said it was going to hit the over. He said it was going to hit the under. I was going to make him do push-ups. It was going to be hilarious. And it went way under. And way it's under. Not as hilarious with me doing push-ups. So that was boring. Last week, he had to chug a Guinness because he hates dark beer. He nearly threw up. So we both nearly vomited. This week, we're going to let the listeners decide what my punishment is. And so I bet on Oklahoma State. He had Texas. As we know, Oklahoma State found a way to give that game away. And now I have to be punished for it. So we've had a few suggestions. One suggestion is, is to eat. I have to eat an entire bag of marshmallows as we record the podcast. Oh my God! You might expand. I, I know it's it's exactly because it, it, they they expand. Oh, it's um, like like the what's the thing on Easter that people do like the chubby bunny or whatever? Oh they yeah, like with the peeps. Like oh that's, no, that's all. I'm, I'm I'm picturing you right now shoving a million marshmallows. I'm, I wonder if this is sort of yeah, and I kind of wonder if it's almost like one of those chugging milk things where you, on the surface it looks kind of easy, but it's just physically impossible, and you're going to vomit. So that that's one. Uh, former Florida tight end Tate Casey suggested I do the entire podcast with my feet in a bucket of worms. See, so that makes me want to die. That makes me want to crawl out of my skin. Um, just even picturing it makes me like have some sort of physical reaction. The idea of actually doing it, I think I would pass out. See, I could do that easily. No, I have, I have Andy, no problem no. with it. So my son, my son has a bearded dragon. We have worms upstairs. Like now, they're a little bitey. I think I would have to go to a bait because they're also expensive. I think I would have to go to a bait shop and get some cheaper worms, but we have plenty of bait shops around here. I could get a full bucket 
and it it really wouldn't be bad. I, I, mean, I think I'm I can do that. Out of my skin, if I, if my skin could walk away right now, it would. That I mean, I first of all, the marshmallows thing sounds awful because I feel like you would feel just terrible for I, that, that one. I'm concerned about. I, I I've been trying to lose some weight. I can't be consuming like whatever that is, three thousand calories in in one yeah, podcast that sitting. That's just not right. I would still take that over the worms, ten out of ten. No, <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank the, you. The, I mean, the, but again. The, Here's the thing, though, with like the bet, you shouldn't get to do something that wouldn't be bad. You know exactly. what I mean? Like that's I, that's that's right. the problem. The worms are probably a little too easy. the The other one was a is a physical challenge. Is, is one of the listeners suggested that I do the Albert Hainsworth conditioning test, the one that got him bounced from the Redskins, uh, which is it's a three hundred yard shuttle, twenty five yards at a time. In set, you have to do it under seventy seconds, and then you get three and a half minute break, and you have to do it under seventy three. Mike Shanahan was very weird. That that's yeah. that's his test. Um, I Ooh. don't have any idea if I can do that. I, I really don't. I think I can, but I really don't know. Yeah, but, but even just trying it would be hard enough. I mean, just even the idea of doing any of that sounds not fun. No, I, so I'll, I might measure that out in, on my street and see if my kid will tape me because oh, we, we, we can work with it. that. I don't want to practice, though. Like I, I just want to go in and, and see if I can can pull it off, but so you really so we'll, say, I would want to practice. But then, then again, if you know how hard it is and you can't do it, and then you try to go into the actual thing, then you go into it with a Or if I know act. it's super easy, then right. it's not funny. That's, That's true. It's a good point. This, that, this is what people, I, I try to explain this to Ari because he keeps me like, you're trying to humiliate me. I'm like, yes, I am because it's funny. I mean, you are preaching to the choir here. I got just absolutely roasted because I went behind Brandon's back in a loving way in the name of content to have Dan and Dave make the bet better because Brandon wanted to do something lame, like take thirst traps uh, on the field at Mississippi state. Like we both take thirst traps for fun. Like that's not, that's not a bet to me. And so I did, I, I told Dan and Dave, you know, make it a little bit spicier and of course, I would have had to drive home if AM didn't cover and it would have stunk out loud. But then I was just dragged all over like you. You're not loyal to your co-hosts. It's like, well, we're doing it for content, folks. And guess what? It was pretty fine. That, that's what that's what Ari said, because he still apologizes for the mayonnaise thing. Like, and I don't be sorry. It you was lost. great. Yeah, people lost. People laughed at me. That was the whole point. <laughs> yes, you get it, Andy. See, you may you and I should start making bets like. We'll do cross show bets because exactly it would be perfect. Brandon just, because he's just done. He says he's done. He only wants to lose money now. <laughs> well, everything seems to come back to mayonnaise. I'm like the mayonnaise is a little played out right now. So we're also I just can't do it. It's, it's not going to happen. I love mayonnaise. Every time I eat mayonnaise now, I'm going to think of you. Uh, that, it, there's a lot of people who feel that way. It is. <laughs> What an honor for you. It is It is the devil's pomade. It, it tastes like despair feels. It is the oh, I worst. Love I love it. I'm, you know, and now I'm craving it. I'm going to make it. But you can't eat it exactly. plain, can you? Can you eat it plain? No, I mean, I, okay. I, I, I probably could. I just don't really have a reason but to. But you'll but load yeah. it down on a sandwich or a burger. Oh, yeah. I love okay. deviled eggs. I make a thing called lazy deviled eggs where I like chop it up in a bowl and put everything I would put in deviled eggs into a bowl. Whoa. Yeah, I know. The way I my feel, gag, my gag reflex is t- is just twiggering right now. Like no, no, no. And the way I feel about the worms is the same way because I have a phobia of clusters. So we're just really messing each other up right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back to talk more college football right after these words. Let, let's talk about this this weekend because. We, you guys were talking a lot on your show about Jim Harbaugh's situation and kind of it feels. 
sort of like the end of the road is probably not the right term for it, but it feels like they are where they are going to be under Harbaugh. And that is going to be that. And now they play Indiana, which is a, a hot team, up and coming team in the big 10. If they lose to Indiana, do you think they start looking for a, cause I like, I can't imagine the optics of Michigan firing Jim Harbaugh in a pandemic. And I don't know that they would do that anyway, even if there wasn't one, but maybe some sort of graceful exit. Yeah, I think they would have to. And I I do feel like, you know, the big 10, the way everything's been handled with the pandemic, everything's super sensitive with it right now. So I don't, I agree with you. I don't think that they would fire him just right off the bat. But I mean, when you look at what Michigan, you talk about expectations, what the expectations for Michigan fans are, and then every single year under him, you know, you're losing to Ohio State. And then, you you know, Michigan State comes in one of, you know, they always call Michigan State the little brother who just lost to Rutgers. Rutgers. Rutgers, one of the, you know, worst programs in college football right now. Maybe not, though. Shiana might have them on the up and up. But and then to lose to them after, you know, that high, high that they had after beating Minnesota, it's it's a bad look for Jim Harbaugh. And if you're a menace, I mean, if you're a Michigan fan, you just have to be sick of it because Michigan's not used to saying every year, well, we're going to lose to Ohio state. Well, we're going to lose to to Michigan state. And I feel like, especially if they get beat by Ohio state this year, which they will, they have to move on from it. I like Jim Harbaugh, but I mean, you, you can't just keep being mediocre and being okay with it. Well, and, and it's interesting because the big 10 is so strange beyond Ohio state, you know, they, mm-hmm. I think Penn State would have been better if not for the opt-outs. That game would have been closer if Micah Parsons were playing and and if, if Journey Brown hadn't had to miss the season. But it, it kind of is what it is. And then you get the the excitement on on opening night for the Big Ten of Graham Mertz at Wisconsin. And you think, oh my God, how good could they be if this guy is really as good as advertised? And then they have a COVID outbreak. They cancel their Nebraska game. On Tuesday, they canceled their Purdue game. We don't know when they're going to play again. I mean, that's that's I guess the tightrope they're walking in the Big Ten right now is if you if you have an outbreak, there is no wiggle room. It's not like with Florida, where if all goes well, they'll still play all their scheduled games. Yeah, it's in Oklahoma State was the same way. We've seen it in other conferences, and it really comes down to the, the Big Ten didn't have a contingency plan. And I felt like when they made the decision to postpone the season, which they were never actually going to do, they were never going to play in the spring when they decided to cancel the season and then they saw the SEC Big 12 and the ACC moving forward, to me, it would have been like, okay, like if we are going to play, we need to have some sort of contingency plan. But instead, they waited till the end of October. And if you're the college football playoff committee and you look at Wisconsin, because you're right, Grammarts looked awesome. The whole team looked good. But if they can't play for a month because they have, what, like 22 cases right now, you can't in good faith put them into the playoff if they've only played like five games. You can't do that. Yeah, and they can't make the Big Ten championship game unless they play six. So, right. so it's, they are now they are now at the you know up against it. They have to play the rest of their games if they want to win the West. And so it's, it's it is a crazy situation. It is, and it and it sucks. I mean, no, that's the whole thing about. I mean, not just college football. The whole world in twenty twenty is just in a really bad state when it comes to that. But if they decided to play football, which they did. They should have looked at it and said, we have no wiggle room whatsoever. And this virus is going to spread. It's not going to stop. And the fact that it's week one and it hits Wisconsin, it's it's like, well, what do you do now? I mean, you can't force guys to play. You're not going to force them to play if they're all positive. Do you just, like, what do you do? If you, if you have to keep canceling, what do you do if you're Wisconsin? You just play what you can and, and realize it's going to be an odd. I think that's kind of 
you know, uh, Nicole Auerbach and I had a, a, a thing, there's a pandemic on. And then Ari and I always say, everyone's doing the best they can. And that, that really just needs to be the motto for 2020. We're all just doing yeah. the best we can and we'll play as many games as we can and we'll just see what happens. Right. And I've been saying it too on our show is that, you know, these guys have an option. If they, you know, if they didn't want to play, they didn't have to play. And I, I would totally support that. You know, the safety first, personal decision, everything that goes into that. But now they are playing and the conferences that started earlier in the season are going to have a leg up because they tried their best earlier than the Big Ten did. And I think that the Big Ten really believed everyone was going to follow suit. Well, the Big Ten's trying to do their best and their best is going to put them in a bad situation. And I think the Pac-12 will be the same way. Well, and the other thing with the Big Ten is that they have these more strict protocols than other leagues, especially Mm -hmm. the 21-day protocol if you test positive. And it's because they had to do something different than right. the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC because they can't possibly admit that the SEC handled something better than they did because the nope. people in the SEC are dumb and, and we are smart and we can't possibly the, – the Neanderthals in the SEC, it gads. I mean that, that – but that's True. the attitude. It really oh, is. For sure. For sure. And I think that that's when – you know, when then when they made the decision, it was just I really truly believe that they thought everyone would follow suit and that they would get to be the first conference. It was like, look, we figured this out before you guys did. We're the smartest conference. And there's a lot of th- moving parts with this virus every single day in real life, let alone in college football. They just didn't have to make that decision when they did. And then, you know, the SEC is saying, well, we're going to have fans in the stands, too, which whether you agree or disagree with that. It was such a juxtaposition because it was like the Big Ten's like, absolutely not. It's not safe. And the SEC's like, we're going to pack 25% into our stadiums. Like those decisions didn't need to be made when and, they And the were. coach at my alma mater is going to accuse your alma mater of putting too many And And here's, here's the thing about Kyle Field. And I, I know this because I have talked to people who lay out the stadiums. The reason Kyle Field looks so full is because they don't force people into the nosebleeds. If, if you watch an Auburn game, if you watch a Georgia game – if you watch some of these other games, they tell you where to sit and you are not allowed to move. And some people have to sit in bad seats. At Kyle Field, nobody's being made to sit in the upper reaches. And then they kind of trickle down. And all of a sudden, it looks something like something different. It uh, it does look a little bit more than 25%. I will say that. Hand up. Um, I don't know if you saw the college football show clip from it, but Dave... Uh, Portnoy said that Kyle Field is ground zero for COVID, which is just absolutely not true. But he swears up and down that Kyle Field is the only place in the country that has more than 25%. And it's not AM's fault that we have such a massive stadium. You know, it I they actually say it is AM's fault. They just <laughs> expanded it. They wanted it to be one seat bigger than DKR. I am trying to find a spin zone because it definitely looks like more than 25% to me. But I know that Aggies don't lie, Andy. And if Ross York says it's 25%, I believe him. Well, if they made everybody sit in the nosebleeds, it would look like 25%. But they don't, and it doesn't. And now you got to wear it. Yeah, no. And, and the, after Dan Mullen, you know, he he kind of cried a little bit about it. And then, you know, it was a tough look for AM at the point. But then, you know, Florida gets an outbreak. And then now all of a sudden AM is being, like, uh, at least at Barstool. I mean, again, Barstool's a, a fantasy world as it is. But, they're now saying that we gave it to Florida. It's like, well, AM didn't have to sit out. So it's just, it's a blame game. It's a blame game. I I, I don't, I, I hate to say this, Casey, but I don't think there's a lot of epidemiologists working at Barstool. Uh, no, I, I, you can say it without hating to say it. It's absolutely true. None of us are doctors. None of us know anything really other than. Ditto for the athletic, by the way. 
Ditto yeah. for the athletic. Yeah, no. We, I, I am not a doctor. I did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. None of the above. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't pretend to know anything. I, I do know, though, that if AM was the reason Florida got it, that AM would have had to sit out. That's just, I feel like that's just deductive reasoning. That's on my just part. science. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not a scientist either, but you know what? It's science. I'm going to, I'm going to roll with that too. That's, I'm going to drop that on the show tomorrow. I'll be like, no, it's just science. Okay, folks. Andy Staples told me so. Exactly. And, and, you know, I, I, I was in Gainesville when they all got it. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't get it. So I was, yeah. I was over a few miles away. So, Good but for you. congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, so I'm just glad everybody's okay. We're not yes. trying to make light of the whole thing. Absolutely. Glad everybody's all right. Glad, glad teams are still playing. I mean, that's my thing, Casey, that, that the playing a college football season at all has made this year so much better than it could have been for me. Yeah. I, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of people who feel the same way because it's been a diversion from mm-hmm. a lot of other stuff that frankly, I don't want to think about all the time. Yeah, no. And like you said, I mean, it's super serious. And I hate the idea that, you know, like we're saying it's election day and that, you know, there's the the narrative like, oh, maybe it's going to go away. Like this is a virus. Like I don't care what political side you're on. Like it's a virus that we can't stop right now. And when, you know, first of all, I think that college athletes should be paid. That's a whole nother thing. But like the fact that they were able to make the decision on if they wanted to play or not. And you saw Justin Fields and you saw Trevor Lawrence and you saw these guys come out and say, no, we still want to play like that to me. Like as a college football fan, I loved seeing it because it was just like, I don't care what political side you're on. These guys want to play and we want to watch. So if it can happen safely, let's do this thing. And it's not been perfect. It's going to not going to continue to be perfect. I think we're going to have to struggle with this for a while, but at least we're able to turn on games on Saturday. And these guys want to play on Saturday. Oh yeah. They look just as happy when they win. And, uh, you, uh, you know it cause you've seen quite a few Aggies win so far. And, uh, They'll be favored in every game, which means you'll be dreading every single one from here Why on out. Why is it that way? Why is life this way? You know, like that's, it's not because of history. Like you know <laughs> your know. history, Casey. I know. That's, I have a friend in New York who's a big time South Carolina fan. And he was saying, you know, don't worry about it. You guys are going to kill us. I'm like, no, no, no. See, you don't understand. The fact that you just said that now makes me even more nervous. And I feel like any college football fan of any school that's not. But, but, then, right now, but then he probably said, well, no. Haven't you heard of the chicken curse? Yeah, that's yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody because, has because the chicken curse is gonna get them before the Aggie, you know, the Aggie curse gets you. Uh see, I feel like unless you are an Alabama fan, a Clemson fan, or an Ohio State fan right now, you're just I mean, even those fan bases can get scared because they've lost too. But like right now it's the three of them and everyone else just sitting on the couch on Saturday, just praying it's not embarrassing. That's that's exactly right. And listen, when you play those schools, if it's not embarrassing, that's what BC. Congratulations. You made it not embarrassing against Clemson. Let's yeah, see if Jeff Notre Hapley. Dame can do it this week. Yeah, Jeff Hapley should put that on his resume. Like, I didn't get embarrassed by Dabo Sweeney. That's what I would put. Like, that'd be like the headline. Like, in 2020, <laughs> I didn't get embarrassed by Clemson. That's exactly right. Casey Smith, thank you so much. If you want to find Casey, at Casey Smith on Twitter, K-A-Y-C-E. S-M-I-T-H, uh, Unnecessary Roughness Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts and the Barstool Sports College Football Show on barstoolsports.com. Casey, thank you so much. Of course, anytime. I miss, we need to do this more often. We should start making bets. I'm down Ab- to make crazy Absolutely. Bets. If, you're, if your co-host is too wimpy to do it and my co-host is too wimpy to do it, we'll do it. And oh, by the way, if I do have to do the bucket of worms, 
I'm going to send you some pictures from the bait shop as I'm buying them. Okay. Well, and if you do that, I'm going to take a huge tub of mayonnaise and just eat it with a spoon and send you a video of it. How about that? And I will send you a video of me, of me vomiting. So there you I go. I will send you a video of me breaking out in hives and vomiting. It'll be a beautiful relationship. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. Thanks, Andy.